Hey, 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 welcome back to my podcast, Isabelle here. I'm really excited about today's episode because we are finally talking about vaginal health. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, such an important topic and I just feel like we don't talk often about it and I've been wanting to have an expert on vaginal microbiome, how it impacts us, our confidence, how the gut impacts our reproductive system and all of that. And even though we need probably two or three episodes to go over this topic, today's episode was really, really interesting and amazing to record. And I really hope you're going to find it beneficial. Uh, my guest is Karen Saunders. She is Australian based. She's a woman's naturopath. She specializes in women's health. Um, she's got an incredible course. I've been following her on Instagram for ages. And in today's topic, we're going to cover the vaginal microbiome recurrent BV, thrush, why that happens, what to do about it, the time frame to consider, if it's something you're having, things to consider. She's going to share with us some steps to eliminate those symptoms um, and also share a little bit about her own journey. Uh, voila, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help me grow the podcast and bring more health and uh, inspiring contents to the rest of the world. I love you so much and enjoy. Hey, 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 guys, welcome back to my podcast and exciting episode ahead of us today. I am talking to the lovely, lovely Karen Saunders. She's a woman's naturopath. She specializes in women's health and she basically helps women get a healthy vagina, balance their hormones and optimize their fertility and a lot more. But I'm going to let her introduce herself and um, and yeah, share her wisdom with us. Hello, Karen. Welcome. Hi, Willie. I'm so excited to be here. This has been in the pipeline for a couple of months. I know. And I'm always so happy to connect with other practitioners like yourself who are so passionate about bringing a more holistic um, view on people's lives. So, yeah, I've had a good stalk of your Instagram and love what you do as well. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Well, thank you. Thank you for making the time. Um, so Karen is in Australia and the time we had to find the right time because I think for me it's like 10 a.m but for you it's 9 p.m maybe or 8 p.m or something. it's 8 8 okay yeah, 8 p.m all yeah. right I basically came across your profile through I think Moira Moira Bradfield not sure if I'm saying her name properly Mm -hmm. she's a leader in the field of uh, women's reproductive health and since then I was like oh my god I have to get her on the podcast because there are many practitioners that specialize in what you do and get so specific around vagina health and you know and the link with the gut health and hormones so I was like this is incredible because I personally been challenged a lot in that in that realm and I'll talk about it a little bit later but um I would love you to just kind of tell us like briefly who you help who you work with and what are you the most passionate with within mm. the woman's health? And also what brought you there? What brought you to specialize in women's health um, specifically? I specialize in women's health and really that just means those assigned female at birth. Um, I guess my journey is, uh, you know, one that's taken me through a lot of these um, things myself as a naturopath. I, I'm a herbalist, a medical herbalist and a nutritionist and we work with lifestyle and herbs and nutritional medicine food as medicine um, in a very holistic way to bring balance 
back to the body. Um, so I I really have a special interest in all things digestive health because it really is the root cause of, of a lot of things um, or foundational element of human health. Um, and anything to do with women's hormones, um, vaginal health, I, I see a lot of endometriosis in my practice and things like PCOS, irregular cycles, PMS, that type of thing. Um, and, you know, I've navigated these things myself. How I actually got into naturopathy in the first place was through vaginal health. And this was years and years ago before um, a lot. There wasn't a lot of research back then, if any. Um and I remember discovering the vaginal microbiome in early, early research and even presenting this to my uh, university lecturers as well because it was new then. Mm. Um, and they were like, wow, this is super interesting. And I remember just, you know, having light bulb moments because mm. I was, I've been suffering for, for years with, um, you know, recurrent vaginal conditions, mm-hmm. um, sometimes BV, sometimes uh, candida. Um, and it would go away for a while, but then I kind of get, it will come back and I'd be stuck in this loop and and discovering the vaginal microbiome we'd already research into the gut microbiome was well on its way um, by that point so it was just like the penny dropped I really dived deep into that and um, yeah and I guess through becoming a woman and having my own hormones and symptoms of perfectionism and burnout and all these things that a lot of us these days tend to deal with um, yeah I've just gotten really passionate about the delicate interplay between different hormones and how every woman is different. Um, and I'm super passionate about getting to root cause. Mm. So um, that's, you know, kind of like yeah. a health detective, get to that root cause. And yeah, I thankfully healed my vaginal microbiome really balanced. Well um, done. Pretty much. I'm not going to say I can eat what I want because I don't eat rubbish all day, but it's, pretty well balanced and yeah. I don't seem to get issues at all and I've helped a lot of women do the same mm-hmm. um, and yeah I've come up with um, I guess you can call it a framework um, yeah. a holistic framework which um, you know it, it works so I'm so excited to impart this knowledge because really there is a knowledge gap yeah 100% um, on the market even here in London like you know I, I did a um I went to a college of naturopathic medicine and you learn so much. I mean, <laughs> we learned so much in three years. Like you come out of there, you're like, okay, <laughs> I have all this knowledge, but we don't go, you then have to keep training basically. And I really struggled to, when I came out of, um, when I graduated as a nutritional therapist, I really struggled to find some certification or just more courses and trainings specifically on vaginal health, vaginal microbiome. There are a few things here and there, but it was really hard to um, to, to have that here. So, yeah, but with time, I, you know, watched and learned through other people, like including yourself. Mm-hmm. And I guess my first question to you is for someone who's listening now and has recurrent candida recurrent bv or anything else where should they start what is the first step if they feel like because i think a lot of us i've had that for a long time and my first thing i did was to go and see the gp and they gave me either a fluconazole or Mm -hmm. something to put um in the vagina it might stop for five days 
a week and then I'll come back. So for someone who has that frustration and just being there, where should they start this journey in really finding the balance and the healing like you did? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it really comes down to the difference between acute and chronic conditions. So, you know, for a lot of people, they'll have out of BV or candida. And a lot of times it's treated very successfully from the GP with the conventional antifungals or antibiotics. But the problem is when it starts to reoccur, you may get caught in a treatment loop. For example, continually taking antibiotics for a bacterial infection of the vagina like BV will just result in less beneficial bacteria in the microbiome or antifungals that can almost, in a lot of cases, can um, almost drive an acute presentation of candida into more the chronic form Mm -hmm. if overuse of conventional antifungals. So yeah, you get stuck in this this loop for some people and these things are great, but 50% of the time, Um, They don't have the longevity of treatment. And really this comes down to most of the time I'm finding anyway is that there's not enough focus on replenishing your beneficial bacteria in the vaginal microbiome. And so this, in a real short nutshell, in a a small nutshell, the the vaginal microbiome really is, is, it's relatively simple compared to the gut microbiome, which is Mm. quite complex. The vaginal microbiome, we don't really want to have a huge amount of diversity. We kind of know what should be there and shouldn't be there. And everybody's a little bit different, but we do really know that the beneficial bacteria um, in the vagina are lactobacilli strains. Mm -hmm. um, And these are beneficial because they produce acids like lactic acid and hydrogen peroxide that keep the environment acidic. Mm-hmm. And we need an acidic vagina around 3.8 to 4.5. So it's pretty acidic in there, ideally. And mm. as soon as the pH starts to increase above 4.5, that means that we generally don't have enough of those beneficials producing acids. And that means yeasts and other bacteria can overgrow. So what I think what people need, really need to focus on is, yes, you can use antifungals and antibacterials or, or antibiotics, but really you also need to think about replenishing those beneficial bacteria in, I would say, like even 90% of cases that I see to do that. So I do this in clinic with specific pre and probiotics. Mm. There are definitely um, some probiotics on the market specifically formulated for um, vaginal health. I'm not sure what's available over there, but um, do you get activated probiotics there? And We do have activated. Yeah, yeah we do. We do have activated probiotics and mm. there's also in vivo um Yes, they're great. Yeah. They're great. They have specific things for vaginal health and candida, thrush, UTIs. Mm-hmm. So they have quite a nice range of probiotics. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm familiar with them. So I think the missing link for some people is to is to do proper testing, which is what I do in clinic. And there's no perfect test mm. uh, for the vagina, but I I always advise my clients to you know when they get symptoms, go to the GP, get a swab that may or may not give you the answers that you need. I also really advise my clients to start tracking their pH themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can get your, I mean, I'm sure there might be other things available there that are specifically made for uh, vaginal pH tracking, but you can just make sure that you get pH strips that are on the lower end of the pH range that cover sort of three to seven. I mean, anything above... 4.5 you know you probably need to replenish those 
mm-hmm. beneficials. And that's another form of kind of testing or tracking that you can do at home. But I also really like to combine this with um, some, I guess, some newer technolo- technology testing sort of things like PCRs, a vaginal microbiome. Yeah, um, yeah, we have that as well. PCRs. Yeah, I think in yeah. vivo labs. Yeah, do, in vivo has that. Like, yeah, the vaginal mm. microbiome is a really good one. I've used it uh, really a couple good. of years ago for clients uh, mm-hmm. that had recurrent vagina, and you see so much. And instead of just guessing, mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you, this is possibly why like you say there's no lactobacilli here like okay let's go let's not just think about killing those bacteria let's give you you know let's put you on three months six months and replenish and review the diet and so mm. i i agree with you with testing yeah it's very important. So important. yeah, yeah it's very important. you could put a broader I guess a broader idea of what's going on because swabs from the GP, they generally don't, they won't tell you what your beneficials are doing. And they, they use sort of microscopy or uh, you need to grow something in a culture, which may or may not happen. So Mm. that's not to say that swabs are, you know, um, completely irrelevant. They absolutely are necessary. So do, do all of it, do the swab. Um, If you have recurrent vaginal issues, get that, the Junobio vaginal microbiome um, can be really good. And then I guess take it from there working with somebody could be really good but of yeah. course there's other systemic things and diet and external factors yeah. to consider True. as well I think yeah I think it's a good step I for someone if you are in a place where perhaps you can't afford testing or working with someone just yet I think even just tracking your pH and you know, having a little read, go and follow Karen, have a little read on her blogs or everything she shares online. She also have like really affordable courses if you can't just yet get a, a practitioner support, because I know that could be an investment. Uh, follow those and start replenishing your vagina microbiome because you might be surprised that could be, you know, resolve some issues or at least 50% or 60% of the issues. And mm. um, until you can then see someone then I think, I guess that's where the investigation work starts is once you can go and see someone and start investigating. I, you, you talk a lot about the gut health as well. And I think it's something not to neglect. Am I right? When you're talking about vagina health, you can't. Yeah, yeah you can't separate them. The, the gut can actually act as a bit of a reservoir for certain bacteria. So if you're a person who has recurrent vaginal issues and gut issues, and this is things like bloating or cramps, pain, constipation, diarrhea, any sort of gut issues, then you're going to need to address your gut health as well mm. as uh, um, vaginal health. And, you know, that could be as simple as cleaning up your diet, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to take a lot of money. It just means maybe it's an anti-inflammatory diet and taking out some of those things like mm. gluten, you know, in some cases, dairy or refined sugar, alcohol, coffee mm. uh, for a month or two and seeing if that helps. So it, it may not necessarily take a lot of money, but yeah. If there is gut issues, then that should be thought about as well. And, you know, I think you're big on blood sugar as well, but so am I. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm oh, like, okay. uh, I, I love sugar, but my body does not love sugar. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to honor that. I, I'm, pro, I'm actually prone candida, uh, gut, mm. 
and vagina, mm. but gut especially. So that that's where my journey kind of started in terms of really diving into women's health a little bit more and understanding my picture, my clinical picture was very much my gut health impacting my vaginal health, right? If my gut oh. is out of whack straight away, I might experience thrush or I had BV only once, but I had it at a period where my gut was really, really, really bad. And for me, things that have really worked were dairy out, out. Dairy was mm-hmm. pretty much like I cut dairy and I was like, wow, 50% yes, better. Right. I, I, cut, it up. <laughs> I know I cut gluten and I was like 80%. I was like, damn, yeah. <laughs> which is easy, but it's also hard because if these are things that are really big in your diet, like they were back in the days, they was, I lived on dairy and gluten and like, I'm also oh. happen to be French. So really dairy and gluten is, <laughs> yeah. is the basis of our cuisine uh, in France and same I was born and raised in Togo we we do eat a lot of gluten so these things were hard at the beginning but once I changed that and it became much easier and it then became easier to support my immune system to fight these things on their own but I agree with you when you say we really have to look into our diet and clean that up and I think even if your gut is not is okay but your vagina is not you can also look into the diet a little bit because that could also yeah, exactly mm. and that could be more from a blood sugar perspective you mm. know for a lot of my clients like you could you wouldn't they don't have overt blood sugar issues but you know just maybe not eating enough proteins and fats and fiber and just mm. or you know intermittent fasting for too long and then breaking that fast on a fruit smoothie these things can make a huge difference do you follow the work of um, glucose goddess I have her book. I flicked through it, but I have to admit yeah. I didn't read it all. Like my, yeah, my, well, she's, got, she's great she's got for that. Great Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. Her Instagram page is amazing. And uh, yeah. I yeah. always recommend her. if you don't have the money to see it, there, you know, a nutritionist in that, check out yeah. Glucose Goddess from, yeah. um, from a blood sugar perspective. Really, really good. Her posts are very, um, are very clear and simple to understand. And very mm-hmm. practical. Okay, if you eat the banana or if you eat this before that, it's going to slow down your gl- your blood glucose. Now, yeah. um, for someone's listening who's not a nutritional therapist, they might understand. They might find it hard to understand the link between their hormones and how it can also impact the vagina health. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can like? share your wisdom on that <laughs> I love this question so much because it's like it really is a light bulb moment for, for people as well when they realize so for a lot of I guess vagina owners with vaginal issues their symptoms could be cyclical and usually you find maybe before during or after your period um, and for some during ovulation but you may notice that symptoms get worse during this time or for example during pregnancy or postmenopausally and this is because uh, your hormones are very strongly linked to vaginal microbiome. Um, estrogen, well, let me start at step one. The, the vagina is lined with about 40 layers of epithelial tissue. This is just very thin tissue. And estrogen stimulates the growth of this tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is important because this tissue um, excretes something called glycogen or an enzyme that breaks down glycogen and therefore this feeds beneficial bacteria in the vaginal microbiome Mm. so 
you can see when there is a natural drop in estrogen, for example, towards your period, that means there's less glycogen available for your beneficial bacteria to 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 eat, I guess, and mm. then they will um, start to dwindle, and that will leave your microbiome a bit more vulnerable. And so this also happens in you know uh, pregnancy or postmenopausally when our estrogen naturally mm. drops, we have less beneficial bacteria. And so sometimes it can be really helpful for those people to sort of boost those beneficial bacteria with certain pre and probiotics um, before that happens. So that yeah. just kind of symptoms. Yeah. I mean, I'll work with my clients once we've got a handle on their overgrowths, like maybe it's just for a few months doing that preventative work mm. um, while the vaginal microbiome just naturally starts to regrow. And what would you do? Would you give it to them through the three months or would you just give it to them two weeks a month before before the period or like at a yeah. specific time of a cycle? Well, yeah, this is why it's useful to track pH. So you might notice, mm. oh, like sort of a week before my period um, or even a few days, the pH starts to raise a little bit. So then you just go a few days before then, preempt it, and then maybe you're using a pre and probiotic at that time. Um, for three to six months yeah Mm -hmm. okay in your from your personal and clinical experience I know this is this is a bit of a tricky question but I'm gonna ask it because I get asked a lot I'm not seeing clients at the moment I'm not doing any one-to-one at the moment um I've taken time off after giving birth and we'll get back into that in January more a, a bit less nutrition, more focused on uh, life and health coaching. But when I used to see clients a lot, this question I used to get a lot, and it used to trigger me a little bit. But I'm still going to ask it to you because I'm curious <laughs> to your answer. Yeah. What time frame and commitment do you think you need to see to eliminate recurrent vagina septum like BV and thrush? Mm-hmm. Like if someone starts eating better or taking the probiotics or seeing someone I guess it depends what they do but I always get that question actually I get it for Uh everything how long Uh do I need until to do this until I feel better it's such a question (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wish I had the answer I will I usually put it back on my clients to be honest Mm. and I'll say it really depends how involved in your own healing you are um you know if you're very proactive and ready for change and, you know, you take those steps and you change your diet and you're looking at lifestyle and, you know, if you're really stressed, you're addressing the root cause of those that stress. And if you're really on board and consistent with supplements, you will get results a whole lot quicker. BV generally, I don't feel, takes too long. It's generally way easier than I agree. Candida. Mm. Uh, yeah. And with candida, I mean, I would say three months for BV. You know, sometimes it's one month, mm. three months max. That's if people are doing the, the things that they are meant to. Candida, it depends on the chronicity, I think, because I guess it's it's good to kind of know the differences between acute candida and recurrent candida because mm. it's quite a different beast. Um, yeah. Acute <clears throat> is – chronic candida is if you've had more than four or more flares in a year um, mm. vaginal uh, recurrent vulvovaginal candidiasis. and that's the best I think yeah. I think chronic and, candida is I I've been there many times and after giving birth I had antibiotics and uh, yeah it's the best chronic candida is the best 100% yeah. like it's no jokes you it's a commitment you got to commit to it yeah what did you how did you end up treating yourself 
So because I'm breastfeeding, I literally, and for the first time, which was actually a blessing in disguise, I could only do and I only did probiotics. That's it. Mm -hmm. Probiotics and diet. That's all. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do, because I used to be a huge fan of antifungals, like oregano, podarco, berberine, garlic, bring it on, bring Mm -hmm. it on. But that actually didn't help me in the long run, especially my gut, because I completely destroyed my beneficial bacteria, right? <laughs> like, let's wipe out everything. <laughs> and eventually we've, you know, I spent, I spent a lot of time reading and, you know, because I, I love it all. And also for my clients, I was like, okay, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Let's take the other approach, which can be longer, but I think is much better and because I've been breastfeeding I really had to focus on my diet and probiotics and you know what I think I got much better results in terms of longevity than I used to get when I would take oregano and things like that the hard and fast yeah 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 so yeah I I I think it's important to know as well in the chronic candida conditions there could just there could be a lot of inflammation underlying it um, because the nature of the candida bug, I guess, when in the acute form is more like a little bud, mm. like a little circle kind of thing. And in the chronic forms, they actually start to grow little uh, little filaments or yes. hyphae and they burrow yeah. into yeah. the skin, which is terrifying. Mm. And that can cause more of an inflammatory hypersensitivity reaction in the yeah. vagina where yeah you're just actually more inflamed and sore your ph may even be normal mm. and you may not even have different a different discharge maybe normal discharge but you just have a lot of pain and or inflammation and discomfort mm. Um, mm. and then it depends how advanced that is maybe you have to take four steps back and actually work on a really strong anti-inflammatory protocol first mm. to heal those tissues before you can even insert anything so it depends on the chronicity as well, I think, yeah, on how yeah. long something will take. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. You were mentioning, talking about gluten earlier, mm-hmm. and I get that question. I used to get that with my clients a lot when I said, okay, we have to get gluten out because whether you tolerate it or not, gluten will make inflammation worse. And a lot of foods that contain gluten often, not all of them, like some grains are okay, will do that to you, like, especially pastries, biscuits, if you start going there, mixing gluten and sugar. And I've seen this over and over within myself, within dozens of my clients, I get gluten out, the healing just accelerates so much faster, so much faster. So I always do the test. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's stop it for a month and then put it back in. And I want you to see the difference for yourself because for sometimes we need to see it for ourselves. You're reading the book. You're like, yeah, but I'm fine with gluten. And then you take it out. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. And this is from a French person, people. So <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> I 100% agree. Bread. Mm. <laughs> yeah and most people don't know until you've actually cut it out and unfortunately all the research doesn't support this I it's know. not that it does inconclusive but you know clinically I've seen thousands and thousands of pa- patients I take nearly all of nearly all of them off for that month and I would say 99 point I remember one client saying that she didn't you know notice a difference but that's a lot of kind clinically I see it work every time and that doesn't mean that you have to give up gluten forever but once you start introducing it back in, you might notice that some gluten is better than others. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes. Or you might notice a different, you know, a bit of a, a threshold. Yeah. So basically, any gluten that you can even, if you reduce the gluten by 50%, if that's all you can do, that's an improvement. You know? Yeah. 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 I agree. It doesn't have to be the extreme, basically. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to make you orthorexic. <laughs> yeah. But like, the more, the better, but, you know, do your best as well. So if we were to recap and give my community now listening three steps, three clear steps on eliminating the symptoms if you have recurring vagina symptoms, the first one I would say, start tracking your pH. Do you agree with me? Start tracking your pH, something you can do straight away now. You can go to Boots or whatever shop you have or research online where you can have find some pH stripes to start tracking your vagina pH. If you can work with a practitioner, even better, this will be the first step. Allow them to support you and do all this work for you because it can be heavy lifting. If not, go get the pH, start tracking your straps and start supplementing with probiotics. It's I think it's really hard to give a specific probiotics uh you know, like a brand or something, but you mentioned activated yes. uh, activated probiotics. They do yeah, exist here in the UK. Yeah, and in yeah. vivo is good too. Uh, mm-hmm. Take, you know, those who are specifically uh, created uh, and formulated rather for vagina's health. And then I will say step three, maybe look into your diet. Mm. And I would say generally, yeah, blood and blood sugar is one of those, like mm. as a tool, as a free tool, glucose goddess it. Yeah, glucose goddess on Instagram or listen to her podcast or buy her, her books. That's, that's a really good way to like not necessarily do the anti-candida diet which is like super low sugar and really hard to do long term yeah Yeah. glucose goddess principles are a very good way it's a good tool that you can just start using yourself and and i would also say low gluten tried maybe for a month to do no gluten no dairy alcohol coffee yeah yeah it's hard (laughs) yeah i know at least no gluten no dairy yeah, the, those few things could work. And then, you know, I I also think, well, I don't think, I know emotional stress can um, literally reduce lactobacillus strains. That's mm-hmm. in the research. And any hormonal fluctuations that you may have, you may, may need to work on those because, as I said, that estrogen could potentially be a driver. But, yeah, those, those just to highlight that those may also be a thing. But yeah. um, those three steps that you mentioned are a really really good start Mm -hmm. um and i would say just the ph strips make sure that they're the low ph strips a lot of them start from like five to ten you want like three to seven from three yeah and if Mm -hmm. you are under 4.5 it's it's you're you're still good but as soon as you start reaching 4.5 and going above that means your vagina is not acidic enough and that's when you need to start thinking about okay how to bring that down and you want to start with um the probiotics uh yeah right yeah one last thing i just want to add in and this could be applicable for maybe like five percent of the listeners with vaginal issues is that you could there's a very small part of the population that may have too many lactobacilli strains and that could make Mm. the vagina too acidic and Mm. so if you find that your ph is actually lower than 3.8 this could be the case and therefore you know you don't want to be using a probiotic and this is again why it's good to just maybe invest in that vaginal pcr which i think is was what like 150 pounds to 200 yeah, pounds yeah you mean the microbiome test right yeah yeah yes. it could just be good to so that to save you money and time and hassle yeah i agree i wanted to touch up a little bit on SIBO and endometriosis 
just because I also know that I have uh, a few of the ladies in my community emailed me a while back and I've asked them, you know, when I talk about women's health, what would you like me to touch upon? And quite a few people struggled with endometriosis, PCOS as well, but I had a lot of endometriosis questions and I know you talked, you, you had a talk or something about SIBO and endometriosis. And I was really curious to hear about the link there and what you found. And mm-hmm. I, I love talking about the subject because it's so prevalent and there's a new stat. The new stat out is one in seven women mm. or people with endo. Have SIBO. Endometriosis. Which one in seven is, women have used endometriosis. Used to be one in nine, and now it's one in seven. This is in Australia, anyway. That's a lot. Which is, I know, I get goosebumps every time I say that stuff. But that's a lot. And endometriosis yeah. is, is painful. It's it's intense. Yeah. It affects people's quality of lives to such an extent. And yeah, I, I really feel for these. It's not just women who get, but generally it is. Yeah. So, and I would say I treat a lot of endo, not treat, I help people manage a lot of endometriosis in my clinic. And I would say probably around about 95% of those we've needed to treat their gut as well. Mm. And majority of the time, if not all the time, there is SIBO there as well. And SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Mm-hmm. And uh, this just means there is um, bacteria, not necessarily parasites but just Mm. normal bacteria that are caught in the small intestine and the small intestine isn't built to stretch like the large intestine it shouldn't have that much bacteria so what happens is that people eat food especially with fiber in it and they get bloated Mm. and they may also have um, constipation or loose stools or a bit of both mm. and it's essentially ibs really and how many yeah. of our intra clients have ibs as well yeah. which you yeah. know essentially SIBO would probably pay a part there yeah. yeah and the link really is bi-directional so SIBO causes endo endo causes SIBO well SIBO is one of the contributing factors to endo mm-hmm. because it damages the gut lining so we know that when the gut lining is damaged it gets inflamed and it causes leaky gut or intestinal permeability, which, you know, you'd be well, you'd be all over. But what happens then is that toxic substances such as lipopolysaccharide, LPS, can move from the inside of the intestines outside and into mm-hmm. the bloodstream or even into the the pelvic cavity or the peritoneal cavity where our organs are lying mm. and when this toxic substances kind of hit anything like the endometrial tissue there's already a lot of inflammation and immune activation there mm. but then you get toxins in there too and this causes you know this inflammatory cascade yeah be so much worse so when i work with endo clients we're always going to be working on healing the gut as well because i mean SIBO, um, endo will affect the the gut or the small intestine or, or basically any digestion because there could be adhesions or scar tissues from laparoscopies or adhesions that can you know restrict the bowel from moving properly and this essentially does actually trap this the bacteria in the small intestine because the small intestine isn't moving properly so we can see how they directly affect each other and make each other worse it's mm. like the perfect storm so yeah you need to be addressing both of those both things. at the same time 
Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really good to know because I personally had no idea. I think now that you say that it kind of really makes sense, but um I yeah, it was very, very good to know. So from for anyone very listening good. and you suffer with endometriosis and whether you have gut issues that you're aware of or per- perhaps you just have bloating and a few symptoms, it'll be a good tip to look into and check if you have a small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Because sometimes what we need is a direction. I know that when my healing journey really started a really long time ago, we were talking about, I was telling you how I used to come to Australia with Kylie Minogue. She's like uh, <laughs> an icon in Australia, uh, Australian pop singer. And that's when my journey started because I it was in 2008 and I was actually dancing for her. We were in Spain, we were on tour in Spain and I was in agony. I was in so much pain on stage that I had I had to stop the show. And it happened that I was just very, I mean, just, I was basically constipated. But my body awareness back then was like nothing right now. Like now if I'm constipated, I'm like, I'm constipated. Like I know before I even get constipated, I'm like things are yeah, not moving. Like it's been three days. I'm this yeah. is bad. What can I do about it? Yeah. Um. And back then I had no idea. Like yeah, it's 130 pounds. I think 130 pounds for a course on the foundation of gut health, but specifically directed to women's health. I'm gonna put the link because I think it's an incredible course. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think. I would have loved, honestly, Karen, I'm not saying this just because you're here. And I told you this before we started. I would have loved, this is the kind of tools I would have loved to have 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I know there is so much information online that is free, but it's also very contradictory sometimes. It's also a lot of time you have to spend to research, et cetera. With a course like this, there's 130 pounds. You can pay in two installments. You have access to it for a year it really gives you a good foundation to understand things, to read through things and to start applying changes to your diet, to your health. And it can be literally without exaggerating health changing and your health is mm-hmm. your life. So life changing, you know? Yeah. Mm, thank uh, I, you for that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it honestly is surprising how, you know, I had to go to university to learn the basics of yeah. diet and gut yeah. health, which I find kind of crazy. Yeah you know um so definitely please check it out i think you'll anybody struggling with gut health vagina health you will really really um enjoy appreciate and benefit more importantly from this um from this foundational health course i know you also have one pussy magic which I think yes. you just launched that, but that one is closed. I did just launch, and this is my vaginal health co- course called Pussy Magic. You know, it's quite hard to create a course on vaginal health mm. that is talking about BB and Candida and make it sound remotely cool or interesting, but I just went out there and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be bold and I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to yeah. just step up into this because I'm, I'm tired of the I'm, – I'm just tired of <laughs> – I guess the shame that sometimes, you know, rises when we talk about these conditions mm. or, you know, even the, using the vagina, which is the anatomically correct, it's often censored. So I was bold and I've put that out there. It's um, a vaginal health course. If the next intake is going to be end of November, um, okay. but if you don't want to do that, I have a lot of information, especially on my Instagram page. I'm always talking about vaginal health. Mm. Um, I also have an ebook on my website for that for vaginal health where I talk about you know 
blood sugar and um, pre and probiotics. So check that out. And yeah, that's amazing. Probably all I have on that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's a lot already. Yeah, (laughs) these are two incredible courses that uh, I know anybody with those challenges will highly, highly benefit from. I'll pop the link. Yeah, I'll pop the link here. There is a question I always ask my guests. What would it mean for you to feel good in body, mind and soul? What what would be your definition of, I guess, health? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. I think for me, health is is holistic to me so it needs to encompass energetic health mental health physical health and environmental health and i think if i'm have a relaxed nervous system which you know is way harder to achieve these days than mm. i think anything um a rela- relaxed nervous system and um is i think the cornerstone for me and feeling feeling happy and relaxed in my body is basically all I need. I also need a purpose in my life. Mm -hmm. So I need to be lit up. So relaxed, happy, and on purpose. But also, you know, I really, it's important to me that, that my environment is healthy too. And like, yeah, I guess we can't be healthy inside if the external world isn't healthy. And that's why I do what I do because I really want to do what I can yeah. to to share this knowledge that I'm fortunate enough to have learned and have mm-hmm. um, so that people can can fall in love with themselves more to feel better so they're not dealing with pain and discomfort so they can understand what their body is saying um, so they can fall in love with themselves and so that they can take care of their environments because I think yeah. unless we are pain-free and you know, relatively happy, how can we you know take care of the external world if we're mm-hmm. not we're state of disease and yeah that's probably a long waffly way to say that but no um, but it's I love that I love that no I yeah I wholeheartedly agree with you (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much you shared a lot I'm so grateful for you thank you thank you I'm really happy we after two months of trying to connect and record this podcast (laughs) we finally made it uh everybody listening I hope you took some notes I hope this episode will benefit you I'm going to put Karen's links in the in the bio. Check out her profile. I am rooting for her foundational health course. I'm sure Pussy Magic is amazing as well. Um, I miss that. But please do check them out because, um, yeah, she's doing amazing yeah. work and work that is needed. And if you, and I want to add this, struggle with vagina health issues and it's affecting your confidence, I relate. I've been there commit to it, work on it. It's not, that's it. Don't take it as this is it. I'm going to struggle with this forever. Absolutely no. You can heal it. And I hope you will commit to that. Thank you so, so much for Karen. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Leave a review and let's share this wisdom with more people. So much love. Bye. Mm -hmm.